0: I noticed. Well, then you know who the chick with him was. Don't you? i the scion, I imagine. Shit, man. I mean, look, maybe we should rethink this whole thing. I mean, I mean, you heard the guy. He said there are consequences. And Azrael tells us we're marked. Look, man, there is more to this than we thought about. Close. You know, I'm just the bitches through. You know how I felt? Righteous. Justified. Eagerly. All right, man, your eyes are kind of... My eyes are open. For the first time, I get it. When that little innocent girl let her mission slip, I had an epiphany. See, in the beginning, it was just us and him, angels and God. Then he created humans. Ours was designed to be a life of servitude and worship and bowing and scraping and adoration. But he gave them more than he ever gave us. He gave them a choice. They choose to acknowledge God, or choose to ignore him. All this time we've been down here, I've felt the absence of the Divine Presence, and it's pained me, as I'm sure it must have pained you. And why? Because of the way he made us. Had we been given free will, we could choose to ignore the pain, like they do. But no, we're servants. You know, all I'm saying here is that one of us might need a little help. Wake up! These humans have besmirched everything he's bestowed upon them. They were given paradise, they threw it away. They were given this planet, they destroyed it. They were favored best among all his endeavors, and some of them don't even believe he exists. And in spite of it all, he has shown them infinite fucking patience at every turn. What about us? I asked you once to lay down the sword because I felt sorry for them. What was the result? Our expulsion from paradise. Where was this infinite fucking patience then? It's not right. It's not fair. We've paid our debt. Don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time we went home? And to do that, I I think we may have to dispatch our our would-be dispatchers. Wait, wait, wait. Kill them? You're talking about the last scion, for Christ's sake. And what about Jay and Bob? I mean, those
1: guys were all right. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Ba-boom, 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 Ba-boom. Ba-boom, baby boom Ba-boom, ba babu Ba-boom, Ba-boom, Ba-boom!
2: Santa Baby, Awful, good girl, Santa Baby. So hurry down the chimney me. <laughs> well, Bob, how you doing? I'm 100% in the flesh,
1: Dave. You know, we oftentimes joke about the sound studio. Does it feel weird to actually be recording face to face? It feels very weird, Dave. Feels yeah. very intimidating to be in the same booth as you. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels pretty good, though. I feel like when I think back to this show starting like so long ago two years ago almost right yeah it's been a pure covid um
2: show but it's like finally in the flesh finally we're in the flesh while covid is surging like it's never surged before (laughs) yeah straight peeking (laughs) yep but somehow i find myself in boulder colorado nice with dave masler who's also (laughs) in boulder colorado pretty crazy
1: huh Sitting in the old kitchen of 1420 as a lot of you can imagine
2: it. Yep. Yeah, but I'm, um, Was it a good flight over for you? Yeah, it was pretty good. I had my N95 mask on. No one was sitting next to me. Um, didn't get canceled. It didn't get canceled. Well, a lot of flights were getting canceled. Yep. And I made it in. And Dave and mom picked me up from DIA and i'm in colorado for the first time in two years crazy yeah any big changes hmm what is the biggest change around here well this is specific to the maesler house but um we've had our old cottonless cottonwood tree cut down oh wow in the backyard because it was it had died i think it had died um so there's a big um, like just stump where it used to be. Just a big stump striking, in your heart. Bob. Striking stump. Yeah. And our mom showed us the pictures of when it was cut down and just a a sad day because we all love that tree, but it's, it's definitely noticeable when you come home. Mm. Yep. And in terms of Boulder, pretty much the same, but I actually haven't been out that much. So it's, it's you know, very warm, and I'm, I hear that there hasn't been much snow this year. Yeah. So let us know Santa baby. Oh yeah. Dang. Good one, mom. Yep. Yeah. I feel like
1: the return home is always such a beautiful thing, you know, coming back to where you're from. Um, and especially being around those people, like there's a little bit of a sense of like, maybe things won't quite be the same, you know, but, you came off the plane, and you were just firing. And I was like, it's just like, it's like riding a bike, you know? You never forget how to be around your brother. That's right. Even, I mean, we talk all the time, but still, you never know how it's going to be. Um, but I feel like things don't tend to change as much as we might think.
2: And I don't know. It's Mocha Monday, which is nice. It is Mocha Monday. Dave fired up the mochas and was serving it in the bar real nice real <laughs> nice tradition to start yeah and
1: so get your mochas out yeah. we're gonna try and publish this episode immediately right yeah we really got the crew working hard on this one yeah so, yep might be light on the show notes though. it might be very light and the editing we just said we needed an episode so let's get it out there
2: we have to get this episode out before new year's because this is our 2021 2021- retrospective oh, it's, yes. it just doesn't hit as well after new year's yeah last year we did it with carbone ian yep we did and that was a real sweet touch yeah it was ian had some great suggestions i remember ah oh, he, he gave that suggestion on netflix that show the cartoon like midnight galaxy or something like yeah. that i ended up watching the whole thing and really loving it so okay. be curious to hear ian's selections and everyone's selections this year Yeah, well, it'll be good, too, because Ian's high high up in the
1: air right now. Somewhere over Kansas should be – land, or maybe he's landed by now. But him and Taylor have been traveling across the country to get back to Boulder. Um, You know, I wanted to say that we had a real nice conversation with Elise Diner and Steve Owens and their two little baby girls. Liv and Zoe. Oh, man. Did you have uh, any takeaways from that conversation, Bob? Those
2: babies – are let's just say steve and elise are doing something right with those babies yeah you know they are healthy alert they uh respond well to both mama and papa so i feel like yeah that's just a beautiful beautiful to witness that
1: yeah it's cool to watch your friends just enter new stages of life you know yeah like watching them Become parents is pretty cool. I mean, we all, it happens all the time, right? And especially being teachers, we see those like changes pretty strikingly, at least I do with nine-year-olds, you know, but I think it's cool to see that we're all so capable of changing and becoming something different, you know, um, That's and, right. you know, I actually have a little nephew, um, Oscar Patchlick, up ah, in Montana and yep. he is six and a half months old.
2: Oh, wow. Same as live and Zoe, yep, which is pretty cool. I wonder if they're born very similar dates. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when any of them were born. So 2021 that's it's, our answer to that question. Yeah, 2021. There you go. It's a retrospective. Um, well, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it, Dave. And um, we will eventually get to sort of the big hits of the 2021, but I thought we'd start off. With a little game, and it's called Meet the Beatles. <laughs> because the Get Back documentary is out, everyone's talking about it. Dave and I have watched part of it and got me thinking. Dave and I were big time Beatles fans when we were growing up, mm-hmm. and I had Dave think about this one. Would have all of our listeners as well. So, what are the top five? greatest Beatles songs of all time and by this I mean not necessarily your favorite ones but the ones that are like the ones that stand the test of time are like the most revolutionary when they came out um, songs. Hmm. So I think we're just both gonna read our top five list of this um, and then we'll see if any of our songs are matching and we can talk about some of them if we want um, but just Sort of get the juices flowing and see see what our listeners think about this as well. Do you want to start with your list first, Dave, or should I start with mine? I I guess I want to ask you what you thought
1: of the doc. We I'm only on part one, so I've seen the first two two hours and thirty minutes, which just is just scratching the surface. I know, barely into it. We're seven days into the endeavor of Get Back, um, or the Let It Be album, as yeah. it turns out to be. That's right. Yeah i i'm curious to hear your
2: thoughts yeah i i mean i think it's a grind to get to watch it all but i do love it and it's just so interesting historically to be there you you almost feel like you're hanging out with the beatles hour to hour day to day and it helps to sort of rethink about that history because that history is very talked about it's like sort of the last days or the last year of the Beatles and you get to see how they were. And you know, like the narrative is that they kind of hated each other and Yoko broke them up. And none of that's really true. Or it's like, it's half true at most. I, I took from it, like they, they have squabbles or they have like different creative differences, but they still really love each other and enjoy making music together. So that's that's what I have most taken, uh, you know, taken from the the doc. How about you? Yeah, I originally
1: really wanted to watch it because of Bill Simmons and Chuck Klosterman's conversation. They talked about it for like an hour and a half, and Bill Simmons called it the the most consumable eight hours of anything that he's ever watched. Which I was like, damn, it sounds so boring to me. And then Chuck Klosterman said he wishes that it was another eight hours long. Huh. <laughs> and I got to say, it's pretty boring, <laughs> but um, I also loved it. I loved every minute of it, but it is just like a bunch of people sitting around listening to Paul McCartney give him directions. Um, there's this moment where it's, I think her name's Linda Eastman, who becomes yeah. Linda McCartney and Yoko are talking on a couch. And I was just like, I really wanted to hear that conversation. Oh yeah. But everything's just like, so like Beatles focused that like, you don't get to hear those side convos. Yeah. And I don't know. I was like, what are, I wonder what they're talking about, but it does kind of feel like watching like the most important people have a conversation Um, that have like, but they're just people talking. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see the rest, but it is not, as great as i thought it would be
2: yeah as like bill simmons t- how, how much he built it up oh yeah. my god
1: he built it up so much
2: yeah yeah i did also take like i didn't realize quite how like active paul mccartney was around song making and i started like researching paul a little bit more and you know after the breakup they all had like pretty successful careers afterwards mm-hmm. but paul ended up um top in the charts with his solo stuff and with wings for uh 12 more number one hits and you know the beatles are famous for having like the most billboard number one hits yeah, of all yeah what, what do they have 20 or 21 they have 20 yeah. and mariah carey has 19 yeah and paul has 19 oh uh, sorry 12 on his own whoa so paul has a total of 32 so that's just like monsters right just blows everyone out of the water that's true and no one really talks,
0: talks quite about emo-
2: enough enough like paul mccartney's really when you think about it paul mccartney's like the absolute king of pop like more than elvis more than michael jackson it's paul mccartney dang all right let's get into these lists Go. um yeah i'll read my five first
1: yeah uh i kind of went with the ones that Spoke most to me, but I went with the ones that held the test of time. Like if you heard them fresh now, it wouldn't feel like it was totally out of the blue. Like I feel like if you were to listen to some songs, it'd be like, what is this? This is like clearly a song from the 1960s or like 1950s or even like whatever the, you know, just a different generation. I feel like there's some songs that are just like so iconic and so influential that they felt like they stood the test of time to me. Um, And I guess if I were to classify the Beatles now, they'd kind of be like a indie rock band folk, you know, sort of like a, I don't know. Or that's like where I'd see a lot of their songs fitting. Uh, So here's my list. Number five, Rocky Raccoon. Number four, Hey Jude. Uh, Number three was the outlier. um, Can't buy me love. Mm. But I just feel like that song, I needed an early Beatles song that it was actually good and then number two let it be and number one here comes the sun
2: excellent dave excellent i uh will go with mine yeah okay um so my number five it's a real close one between i'll just say it's a tie between my uh, guitar gently weeps, and here comes the sun. Mm-hmm. To George Harrison's, um, my number four is "Tomorrow Never Knows," mm. which you might not recognize, but is a uh, like it's on "Revolver." It's a song that was really influential when it came out. It like has all this like stuff going on. Like I, I don't know the music well enough, but in the studio, they were doing a lot of interesting things with that song. Number three strawberry fields forever number two a day in the Life, which is on sergeant peppers and mm. number one hey jude so looks like we have some overlap with hey jude and here comes the sun yeah which might be like the most those two might be like the most enduring pop songs you know That's like true. everyone knows those songs yeah i was
1: thinking about putting strawberry fields on but i feel like that felt like it feels like when you listen to it you're listening to the 1960s yeah definitely you know or late 60s yeah and same for a day in the life yeah for me true. they like they have are definitely awesome songs and they stand the test of time but i feel like if they came out now it'd be like is this band trying to do a beatles thing they're or? like what is that like psychedelic rock yeah yeah which is i mean they kind of invented that in some ways maybe not but yeah i feel like to me the Beatles invented psychedelic rock, or Definitely. at least were one of the forerunners. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's why I kind of left it off the list, because it felt too, but I put Can't Buy Me Love on there, but I don't think that that, I just needed that early Beatles song. Not a,
2: I Wanna Hold Your Hand? Yeah. Paperback Writer? Paperback
0: Writer.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, this. you can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong with this one, except if you choose um, I'm Fixing a Hole. <laughs> You could definitely go wrong with that one. Yeah, that's, there's some really bad early Beatles stuff too. Yeah, we watched. Uh,
1: uh, doesn't I won't even get
2: into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Dave. Let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. Good, Bob. Okay. Uh,
1: can I? So I'm calling these the peaches. Good. I know these aren't the actual peaches. If you were involved in the peaches, which is the the peaches are a list that I've been slowly curating with, um, just started one morning where I was thinking about sitcoms and like, I was thinking about what my top five favorite sitcoms of all time are. It's a hard list for, it was a hard list for me to pare down. Cause sitcoms are definitely like my show choice and they're not for everybody. Like Joe shine called, He said he wants to do sci-fi TV shows mm-hmm. and he wants, so we'll call those the shinies when we do that list. And eventually if you want to be a part of the peaches, uh, email us at, Dave at gmail.com or wherever you want to get in touch with us. If you want to see the list, cause I'm not going to send it out to everybody. Only people that email us Good okay. or people that already got it. But anyways, we went through and curated. We let people add as many shows as they wanted to add that were in the sitcom genre and everyone got to vote on their top five. Um, yeah. So over the year um, over the next years to come, I want to do more like, dramas, British TV, and Shinies, of course. But I will I won't I won't beat around the bush. I'll I'll tell you what got the most votes with nine votes was Seinfeld.
2: Uh, the most most chosen top five sitcom amongst those polled. Yeah. There was no real
1: surprises. Other big ones were like Flight of the Concords, Arrested Development, uh, Modern Family got some votes. Anything else that you're that I'm forgetting from the peaches? Um,
2: I feel like did Shit's Creek get? Oh yeah, Shit's Creek like five, to yeah, six, yeah. It got, anyone that saw it
1: voted for it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I guess some of the weird ones were like the the nostalgic picks always make me smile. You know, yeah. When you see like someone when Taylor voted for Boy Meets World or was that Elise? I think it was Elise. Yeah.
2: Um, or just like the ones, what did you vote for? Mork and Mindy? No, no, I didn't, but similar. I uh, threw a vote in for uh, Growing Pains, 1980s. Yeah. Oh, you also voted for Murphy Brown. 1990s.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, one for me decade? Yeah. And 2000s was, for you, was Scrubs? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 2010s was What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, Jane the Virgin.
2: Uh, and 2020s? Um, no, then my... Fifth vote was for Seinfeld. Oh, good. Yeah, iconic. The iconic. <laughs> the iconic sitcom. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm got a few votes. Yeah, but a lot less
1: yeah. than I was expecting. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're calling these the peaches, which is the top three, or sorry, the top of each of the categories: top song, top TV show, and top movie of 2021. Of 2021. Yeah. And uh. I think I I would like to go first. I want to go movies. Okay. I want to say that twenty twenty one was horrible for movies. I felt the same. Which makes sense, right? Because you either it either the movie had to come out early in the year, and like be had to have been in editing during twenty twenty COVID protocol and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, to be like worth even really considering, right? Or like long in the works. Um. Mm-hmm. Because like there was very little shooting that happened, I think, in 2020. Yeah. And so that, that made 2021 a really bad year for movies, I think. And to be fair, uh, the two movies... the, the I'll, I'll say this. The movie that I have as winning my Peachy, I haven't even seen yet. <laughs> Which is classic for me. But I know it's going to be the best movie. Yeah. Um, but I also want to... I, I had to put a movie that I've actually seen.
2: Okay, yeah, so
1: you have two on this. Yeah, so a movie that I've actually seen that came out in 2021 was In the Heights. Okay. Uh, Lin-Manuel. And it was okay. It made you feel good. It was like kind of a nothing of a movie. Um, did you see it? No, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was like somewhat problematic, but it was better than <laughs> Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> also saw that. Um, so the movie that gets my peachy for best movie is Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So based on just like uh, what you think it's going to be. Oh, I
1: know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good.
2: But is it coming out? Is it already out?
1: It just came out like last week or the week before. And it just feels like it's going to be the best movie I'll I'll see from
2: 2021. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Which reminds me. If we're thinking of directors named Anderson, didn't Wes Anderson come out with one this year? Oh, did he? Yeah,
1: did he? It was that. I don't think it actually came out. Okay, the one with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, and I don't even remember. I mean, everybody, but Chalamet was in it,
2: right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge PTA guy. Are you? Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. Um, No, I'm not. He did Boogie Nights. He did. Punch Drunk Love? No, Adam Sandler?
1: I don't think so. We'll get our computers going. Come on, team. Yeah. Did he do cigarettes?
2: No, Jim Jarmish.
1: Oh, that's a Jim Jarmish. Oh, he did Let there, Let there Be Blood. No, was that him? Yeah, PTA. Okay. Magnolia, which is a classic. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did do Punch Drunk Love, bomb. Oh, cigarettes and coffee. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's Jarmish.
2: No, it's yeah, him. It's a PTA. Okay.
1: Um, and, oh, Wall Wall Street. Wall Street? No, that can't be. No. That feels wrong. That does feel wrong. You're right, though. It is a Paul. Maybe he wrote it.
2: Mm, I don't know. Huh. Well, we'll move on to you, Bob. You know, Ryan Sitzman will clear this one up for us. Thank God. I think Sitz will have us for this one. Good. Uh, Okay, let's move on to me. Um, My movie of the year came out in February. Is Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. The um, sort of historical, you know, history. I don't know what they call those movies about actual events. The Black Panther icon or activist. Fred Hampton in Chicago, <laughs> who was set up by the FBI through um, the Judas character, who I'm blanking on that guy's name, Bill Bill O'Neill. Just super fascinating. I mean, Fred Hampton's a really, really important activist and we still think about the ways that he tried to build coalitions across different racial groups. Uh, thinking about like rainbow coalitions and the way that the FBI assassinated him Shows a lot about how power operates. So uh, definitely worth watching. And I think they did a a good job with that movie. I mean, the one critique is that it's through the eyes of Bill O'Neill, Judas, you know, Judas is the first and the black Messiah, Fred Hampton Mm -hmm. second. So um, yeah, the movie is through Judas's eyes. So, you know, it's, I mean, that's interesting, but, You'd also love to see it through Fred Fred Hampton's eyes as well, the the real sort of hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. And Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Kaluuya won an Oscar for his, his uh, Fred acting Han- in this role. Yeah, Fred, Fred. Hampton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, I bet those guys are good buds.
1: Yeah, they could be. Yeah. They've Definitely. been in, they were in Get Out together.
2: Yeah, that's right. They were.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. Is there any other six degrees that they've been in together. Mm-hmm.
2: But they are like the, the the
1: big deal people.
2: Yeah. I know Lakeith was in another movie, The Harder They Fall this year. Um, but I don't think Daniel was in that one. Man, we got to do a Dave Harris movie episode, huh? Yeah, we do. Dave, help us out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Let's move it along to TV shows. I'll go first on this one. Good. Um, both of my shows are coming from hulu yeah i figured i became a hulista this year yeah i knew they would uh and it's one i have two shows because the first one is probably the best one but we've talked about it before and it's reservation dogs Mm -hmm. six episodes really revolutionary all indigenous cast and crew just excellent um show um but we talked about it before so the one that i'll bring up as new to this show is the show called Only Murders in the Building. Ooh. Steve Martin, Martin Short. Oh, yeah. And uh, Selena Gomez. Correct. Yeah. And oh, it's hilarious. Is it And good? it's about a podcast. So it's very relevant to the thriving crew. They're making a podcast about a murder that happens in their building. Oh, wow. Yep. And I, Steve Martin, Martin short that's a hilarious duo right there. Classic, you know, Three Amigos, Father of the Bride. Yeah. I feel like Steve Martin is
1: entering his, like, sixth decade of relevancy. Yep. Which is kind of wild, right? He did. He was SNL. Then he went to, like, The Jerk and, like. Yep. Uh, what was that? Of Two Minds or something like that? Anyway, uh, just, like, kind of. Those classics of the 80s. Classics of the 80s. Then he went to like being a dad. I mean, father he was of the Bride. Father of the Bride. And I mean, Three Amigos was before Father of the Bride. Yeah. Then he kind of like... Oh, he would, He also did stand-up in the 70s and 80s too, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he like became a banjo player. Yeah. And I don't know. He's just been kicking around forever. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Steve Martin
2: piece of work? Um... I don't, not exactly. I like it all. I mean, our dad used to love Steve Martin and that's great. I would just say like YouTube, a clip of father the bride with Martin short and Steve Martin. And it's hilarious the way that they are just, uh, you know, Steve Martin's sort of the, the straight guy in that one. And Martin short is like this German wedding planner. So (sighs) out of control. So nice. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That that one also just got um,
1: that like literally on Monday, Bill Simmons came out with the rewatchables and he did father of the bride. Wow. So I just listened to a, like a hour and a half on that. Oh, nice. Pretty good. Yeah. And I will say that like the, the girl in the movie, she's 22 years old. Her name, like as she's getting married, she's coming back from study abroad. (laughs) And I think father of the bride is my favorite, which is why I ask.
2: Yeah. It is really good. Yeah.
1: And, It's crazy to think about getting married at 22. Anyway, Annie, remember her?
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: do. But I will say I really loved, I think it was called Roxanne. Is that what it is? The one where his nose is really long? Definitely. And it's like a Cyrano de Borgiac. Yeah. Like knockoff, right? Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. We watched that one religiously. Yeah, we did. But oh, Planes Trains, Bob.
2: Yeah. Damn. John Hughes. Uh John Hughes. (laughs) Uh, Steve Martin says that John Candy was just a treat to work with. Yeah. Yep. Well,
1: um, I'm going to go with two as well. Okay. Um, one, I'm just going to mention because sometimes I think it's really funny to think about the soundtrack to this TV show. It's called White Lotus. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I picked that is because it was a show that debuted in 2021. I didn't actually love it though. I'm on. I've only watched five of the six episodes but the soundtrack is just overwhelming. If you watch too many of those in a row, you'll just be like so tired. It's exhausting. Um, But I think for me, like on a personal note, Ted Lasso Mm. season two came out this year and God, I think that show is like, I hope it does to sitcoms. Like it, I mean, sitcoms were already headed that direction, but it feels like what I want from TV moving forward from like comedy moving forward. Is that one on
2: Apple TV?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So Apple's got some good stuff. Mm, Nice. Yeah, I don't have that one. Unfortunately. All right. Last one. Songs. Songs. Shoot. I picked two again. Uh, It's fine. On Spotify, they said what my artist that I listened to most was. Yeah. Bad Bunny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, Dave. I was um, in the top 17% of Bad Bunny fans this year. That's great. Yeah. Yonaguni. That's uh one of his songs. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Mike go see a Bad Bunny in concert, but
2: probably not. Cause wow. That'd be a heck of a show. I feel like Bad Bunny is like the number one artist worldwide, globally.
1: I think so, yeah. yeah. But he's coming to Denver in February, I think. I just don't think it's going to happen. February yeah. feels too soon to be <clears throat> too wintry. Yeah. Maybe an outdoor uh, showing of something. Go to Fiddlers. Fiddlers. I don't know if that exists anymore. But. um, Well, I'll, I'll tell you my two favorite songs. It was uh, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that song is so good and super catchy. And they're both pop songs And that I'm picking. It is uh, another, I don't know. Did you know I'm into some K-pop, Korean pop? No, I didn't know this, but it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I picked the band BTS. They came out with a... They're like a seven guy group, uh, pop group from Korea, and their song Butter is the the jam from 2021. Nice. Yeah. They're just fun to watch. I don't really love listening to them, but like watching YouTube clips of
2: BTS is the best. That is some good picks, Dave. Yeah. Really good picks. Well, so how, well, how do you feel about the copyright infringement Lawsuits against Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, This is the first I've heard of it. Um, There's like a few, I feel like artists from the 90s and 2000s who have sued her for like, her songs are very similar to theirs. Oh. Yeah. Do you have an example? Uh, I can't remember. I don't quite follow it closely enough, but it was like two different artists sued her. We'll look it up. Fast and furious. Have you listened to the... Her album um no i haven't it says olivia rodrigo has reportedly given up millions of dollars in royalties to taylor swift and hayley williams after being accused of copying their songs yeah and paramore is that the oh yeah paramore hayley williams right hayley there williams yeah that makes sense yeah it's i think there's two schools of thought like maybe one school of thought is yeah she Lifted it, but the other school of thought is like a lot of music's kind of like that. it's mm-hmm. like songs are similar to other songs. So, but I don't know it well enough to actually have an opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't really either. I do know that um, her songs are pretty good or like her messaging is decent as well. Like it's not total rubbish, which some pop music can be total rubbish, you know? Yeah. Like, BTS, they Mm. literally sing
2: about nothing. (laughs) But God, do I love them. God, and they can dance. They can dance. All right, Dave. My uh, artist, you had two internationals on your list. I also have an international. Nice. And mine, I think I've actually named this band on the show, but they're called Video Club. They're a French indie pop band. And I'm going to go with their song, Enfance '80." (laughs) <laughs> Which is a great great little ditty I can I can
1: already hear the thriving people downloading it yeah, be like, what the hell is he talking about? If you
2: like 80 synth with um I don't know it's got just like it's super pop and the singers are great like it's a, a male vocal, female vocal and they just go back and forth. It's hilarious they came out with this album in January and the last song on the album is like a breakup song. And then they actually broke up. So I was like, huh, hmm. were they planning that breakup the whole time when they wrote that breakup breakup song? Uh, it's called SMS. Cause they're breaking up over text. Oh, good. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Also a good song. The whole album's so- solid.
1: Well, we got one more category, Bob. It's not really a peachy. No, it's uh
2: more like hard-hitting
1: yeah and the historical moment of 2021 that got to you
2: yeah like uh were there any moments in world history you know that you look back on that you feel like 2021 had that were powerful moments that you thought about news stories that either just really affected you or just you followed on the news um in some way yeah. I, can i give some examples yeah
1: just for, because for me, I had to look it up. I was like, it's just so hard to hold a year yeah news. Like what happened? Yeah. The ones that I that came up for me was um January 6th, the Capitol. Uh, yeah. What do we call it? Insurrection. Insurrection. Um, Which yep. was uh, about a year ago. Yeah. It, that would count 2021. Yeah. Uh, remember GameStop? That was oh, 2021. Oh,
2: yes. That was, was that? Oh, my God. The Stonks. Robin Hood and the Stonks, is that
1: yep, what it is? Yep. Um, of course, the George Floyd murder conviction.
2: That's right. Was a big deal. Yeah. And the conviction in the Ahmad Arbery case. Mm hmm. The non conviction in uh, yeah, Breonna and Taylor. R- Rittenhouse and Breonna Taylor. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And Rittenhouse, right. Oh, God. That was rough, huh? Yeah. That was pretty recent. Uh, also, pretty recent abortion. Like, I mean, Texas abortion first, but also where. That'll probably be 2022 news, whatever happens with
2: the Supreme Court, right? Yeah, well, that all those those uh, verdicts will come or decisions will come in June, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. For Those. Yeah, absolutely. Those are big ones that, yeah. Um, I consider. Okay, so I'll say the one that
1: most struck me and the one I followed was the U.S. leaving Afghanistan. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: It came in, I don't know exactly when the official end was, but I remember. It was sort of in September, October of this year, yeah. And I was teaching at the time. It was during Hispanic Heritage Month, and I was teaching a book about border crossing. And I remember, like, during that border crossing, just thinking about where, like, the Afghani's are, are. And there was a this American Life piece. Um, that you should go back and listen to if you haven't heard it, but it's really good and just like gives a introspective of what it felt like to be on the ground during those that like week or two when the U.S. was like pulling out and everything was collapsing. And uh, I don't know, yeah, I just feel like it made the world feel a lot smaller to me, and I was just following along and being like, man, this is like. A, a tough world. And, you know, even today you talked about what happened in Tuxla to me, which I hadn't heard about. And immigration is just like always on the forefront of my mind. I, I feel, I feel like in the world that I live, it's a pretty important thing to hold on to and think about.
2: Yeah, I, that, that was definitely something I thought about a lot too on this list. And, The pull out sort of went terribly yeah, and so rushed and just, it felt like the United States caused so much of that and then pulled out and seems like it didn't support it at all. Like the Afghanis who, who like it, the U S got as like supporters. And, um, so it felt terrible. And it just also drew a light on like the whole 20 year endless war the Bush situation and how we basically went in there for only reasons of imperialism in the first place. Yeah. Just shined light on all the worst aspects of US society, I think. What a formative part of our life. Yeah. The entering
1: Iraq and Afghanistan post-9 eleven.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, so- I can I really appreciate that one and I can take us to maybe a little bit more of a optimistic note yeah nice thanks Pam. thank you Dave mine is uh striketober do you know about striketober Dave um no no idea uh well in 2021 was a year of great labor unrest uh-huh uh we had you know the great resignation where um people were quitting you know and there was labor shortages and uh, companies couldn't, couldn't hire people and were really short on labor. And this also was connected with people who were in work having more worker power and going on strikes. There's all kinds of strikes in 2021. I think they sort of culminated in October. So it was called Striketober. Nice. There was like, remember the Fritos-Lays strikes? Workers went on strikes we were not supposed to buy Doritos and Fritos. <laughs> Damn. No, uh, I don't remember, but... Do you I, remember
1: later when the Kellogg workers went on strikes? God, no. I don't buy any of those products anyway, so yeah. I,
2: I was supporting the, the cause. <laughs> and um, Just, yeah. I mean, there's in many different industries, the fast food workers and um, I think auto workers in different places. I do know one Amazon place went on. Strike. Oh yeah. Amazon. Yep. As well. Yep. I mean, and Starbucks, right? Starbucks workers won some better benefits. Yeah. Oh, great. So it all came locally to me because my union threatened to strike as well. And the threat of the strike won us our contract in November. So the month after striketober. So I would say, we probably, our union probably just benefited from all the strikes happening, you know? Like, oh yeah, we can go on strike, everyone's doing it. Huh? So strikes are contagious, you know? They're like wildfire.
1: This was in October? Yeah. We, my union got an extra $1,000 in striketober. Did you? Yeah, just uh we didn't strike, but I'm, the union was definitely fighting for a pay increase. So we got a one-time, one-time benefit. Good. A good one-time over benefit
2: it's no rocktober but we'll take <laughs> 20 2007 2007 rocktober. rocktober yep
1: that's the time to remember all right bomb great episode that's our list one more game one more game the game will be unedited so it'll just be a little bit of silent but we're gonna play Stone face. stone face And try and get each other to laugh
2: Yep <clears throat> I think I go first this time Doesn't matter to me Good, that is a stone face Here we go Dave First joke How does a man on the moon Cut his hair I don't know how Eclipse it
1: Pretty good What's a robot do after sex bum? I don't know. He nuts and bolts.
2: Very good, Dave. Very good. You got another one? I do, Dave. Air used to be free at the gas station. Now it's a dollar fifty. You know why? Why? Inflation.
1: Now, <clears throat> you know, I called my friend from North Korea the other day, bum. I said, How are you doing? And he said, I can't complain. Mm. Good one. Pretty good. <laughs>
2: Damn. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> Is it. Just a, a whiff of air. It was a whiff that turned into a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> judges, judges. Uh it's okay. Good I stuff, Dave. Pum- pum- pum. All right, Dave. I'll give the coordinates for the show today. Thanks, Bob. Email us at DavePeachtree at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, thriving underscore in underscore dystopia. Twitter, at BMAs19. And our website is thrivingindystopia.com. This was a show, Dave. Yeah, I'm glad to do it live and in person. It's a little bit different. Yep.
1: Love it, Bob. Thanks.
2: What's up, Driving Crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears. They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. Intro song is in heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Cheyech. Web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer, and of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. The outro song to season eight is Captain Jack by Kimo crew Thanks for listening. <laughs>
0: Stommage, fabrique un radeau Un jour voyant pour l'art Ce qu'il croyait un bateau On le prit à bord Et en fit un pirate Commençant la légende de Jack Captain Jack Captain Jack